Hi, this is Haley Beebe, the Carveline Color Admin. Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Janus. All right, welcome to another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Hey, Paul, here we are, another week, another day, still surviving Rona. How are you? Hey, you know, Jack, I went outside for lunch again today. I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that St. Louis gets one of these days a year or two of these days a year. Yeah, you really shouldn't have gone outside. I am happy to say that I was wrong. We have a week of those days this year, and holy cow, is it beautiful outside. Well, I don't know how up-to-date you are with current events. But the climate, she is a changing. No, it's not. I saw I saw the news. No, fake news. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, this will all in. be cut. I will leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's great. I almost didn't come back in from lunch today, but I knew, hey, we scheduled a special guest for today. I don't I mean special in every means of the word. Yes. yes. Literal meaning. Yes. Uh, he is Caroline Royalty, right? Yes. Right. Caroline yep. Royalty. He's the heir to the R&D International Customer Service Throne. Is that, Probably. Is that yeah, I would say that yeah. would be. Yeah, because he's not a chemist, so he's not wow. going to take the other spot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. So we have Chris Burst with us today. Hi, and Chris. Congratulations. Big get, guys. Real big get. I'm proud of you. Excited for you. Now, one of the things that we haven't said yet is Chris didn't really have a choice because I'm his boss. <laughs> and <laughs> when I told Jack, I think this is the topic we should do and we should have Chris on as the guest. He goes, how's Chris going to feel about that? And I said, does it, does it matter? What? No. I'm his boss. No, it I'm just, not. I'm it just going to tell him, yeah. hey, Chris, come on. We're recording this and you're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. That's one way to do that. You may have recognized his voice. Maybe. You had to have been a long time listener. He original. Is, original fan. Yeah, he's been on the show before, but only as a character. So he was the original EH&S guy. Yep. Who had problems with our shenanigans. And those shenanigans are coming back around. That's right. That's as much as we're going to say. Yeah. The element of surprise is very, very important in this situation. Yep. But uh, yeah, Redfern, look out. The topic of today, we're going to talk about fireproofing. Now, when we look back at it, over time, we've talked with you guys about how to pick tank linings and the questions that we need to have answered and how we go about it. We've talked about environmental atmospheric exposures, how we go about it, how we narrow down solutions. And we've talked about fireproofing, but we've not talked about how do we pick which fireproofing we're going to use? How do you know based on a spec what you're going to do? Or how do you know what your spec you're following? I thought Chris and Rich just had one of them fireproofing Ouija boards back there. That we, might be what it is. We we don't like to talk about that, Jack. But We, we don't uh, talk about the Ouija board on the Ouija board. the Ouija board. But yeah, have a few options and it could be a little bit confusing if you don't really know what you're asking. Or a magic eight ball. I always thought it was voodoo. Yeah. Dart board is really what we, what we like the most. No, we don't throw darts around here. Only knives. Only yeah. knives. Yeah. Yep. Let's get into this. Uh, Chris, when somebody calls in and they're looking for you to make a fireproofing recommendation, where do you start? Well, we generally start at the question of what kind of fireproofing do you need? There are two general types that Carboline makes, cementitious type fireproofing and intumescent type fireproofing. Cementitious is made up of usually gypsum or Portland cement material. Intumescent materials are more like paints. Once we have that kind of narrowed down, that goes hand in hand with the type of fire rating that you want. Generally two types, commercial or residential fireproofing or more industrial. So once we kind of have that narrowed down, 
uh, we are able to narrow down the type of product selection that we, we can start getting closer to, to giving you what you need. So what we're really looking at is a couple of questions of screening to figure out what range of products are we looking at? Because there's, there's a bunch of them and we're trying to narrow down what leg of the fireproofing tree we're going to be looking at. Yeah. And Carboline, we have pretty much every type of fireproofing out there. So it is a little bit of a, it's really just practice of trying to narrow down what we're going to give you. So once we get the general type of fireproofing, whether you want an intumescent material, which would be typically more decorative or there's a few other reasons, but mostly more decorative or areas you can see uh, or cementitious materials, which may be hidden from view and also less expensive. Then we can kind of nail down really what you're looking for. So first we start off with hourly ratings. For a fire rating, you generally will see one, two, three, or even four hours of fire protection. And answering that question will start us down the path of, of picking the right product for you. And that one, two, three, four hour rating, that's driven by the specification. Yes. Different codes or just what's preferred on maybe a facility spec, how much protection they want. More protection is always nice, but it's not always required. So uh, we want to figure out what's the most cost effective for you. Yeah. So in a lot of cases, what you're looking at when we talk about these fire ratings and the hourly rating on it, it's how much time until the steel reaches its point where it loses its integrity. Exactly. Exactly. And so depending on the height of the building, the shape of the building, the design, how many people might be in the building is going to determine what that rating needs to be. How much additional time do you need in the case of a fire to get all of the people out of the building safely? Yes, to, to get people out and also to protect the structure. So if there's a fire, you can save it. The other part, and you'll see with the codes, is that you can have different hourly ratings on different parts of the building. So columns in a building may have a different required rating than beams and different types of UL designs needed. So that's another piece of information that we, we need to know before we can get you your right thicknesses or your right products or even your right bag or gallon counts for your materials. Isn't the fire rating even sometimes driven by what floor you're on, like in the case of high-rise buildings? It, it absolutely, it can vary depending on the height of the building. You can also see differences whether, say, a beam is supporting a floor deck or a roof deck. And if you want to dig into it even more, how much insulation is on that roof or what the thickness of that concrete slab is. All of these things can affect your fire rating. And the more info that you give us, the better info we can give you. And that's floor deck with an E. <laughs> yes. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> so we cannot fireproof gutters like where Jack's mind is. <laughs> but I believe we can. No, no, no you gutters. Don't we have wire gutters that we fireproof in? No. Trays? Trays? Yeah. Trays. We, we, can, we, can, we can fireproof a cable tray. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Jack. It's been saved. There we go. There you go. Jack lives in the cable tray. Luckily, That's I it. edit this program and <laughs> the final will be whatever I want it to be. Hey, Paul. So, you know, every month we do this, we have a little commercial in the middle of the show. And this month is no exception. However, the exception is, is the new product that we're talking about. And that's the Pyrocrete 341. What's great about this product is, is we've made major advancements in the world of cementitious fireproofing. If any of you out there have ever watched any of the stuff that Jack and I have put together, you've noticed we like to throw things. And this product is made to have things thrown at it. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So as a part of the testing to show some real world durability, we did this. It's in a video. You can go to our YouTube channel and check it out. But 
we dropped a cinder block from 10 feet up in the air and the cinder block exploded when it hit the 341. That's how durable this cementitious fireproofing is. Not only is it the most durable fireproofing on the planet, it is the most extensively tested and certified fireproofing on the planet. We have set this up where we've taken real world scenarios, tested the product to the real world, not just the fire hydrocarbon, but so many different tests that we ran on this thing that you can feel confident that 341 will perform when you put it in any industrial fire environment. Combine that with improved application properties and you truly have a new and unique product here from Carboline. That's Pyrocrete 341. 341 features you have increased application, extensive testing, and extreme durability. What we're really trying to say is the more information that you can bring in to the fireproofing team, to Chris, he's going to be able to help refine to make sure that not only are you getting the protection that you need and that is required, but you're able to do it at a cost-effective method. Because in a lot of these cases, we've joked about it in the past of, well, what's the recommendation? Oh, it's two inches. And because sometimes that is what we're talking about is inches of material. And so when you're applying inches of material, it truly is important to have the right thickness because it's just money lost if you if not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that along that same line, we have a bunch of different options for fireproofing materials. And depending on your situation, a different one may be the best option. And what would typically be considered the best option is going to be either the thinnest or the fastest applying materials, which will save you money. If you go in with the right product, uh, you're more likely to get the job rather than just guessing or selecting one of them at random. So the more info we have, the better we can we can help you out. Sure. And we, we had Sean Younger on about a month ago or so, and yeah. we were talking to him. And that's an important point that I never want to lose when we're talking fireproofing on this show is that unlike other people, we have the full line. We have cementitious, we have right. endomescent, we have interior, we have exterior, we have flexible materials to, to treat certain areas, we have repair materials. We are your one-stop shop when it comes to fireproofing. And we are going to use that to make sure, like Chris just said, to get you the best system that will help everybody make the most money. Exactly. That's right. Because while everybody is making the most money, we're also going to be able to help make it be the most cost-effective project. Because really, in the end, even if you're making money on it, somehow it's going to end up costing somewhere. And if that's a commercial building, that's going to be rolled into the rent, which gets rolled into the price of the goods inside the building. So even though you may not recognize it on the front, those are important features. And when you walk through those commercial buildings, it's amazing. When I first got into the fireproofing part of the business, how many things are fireproofed? You really start to notice it once you see it. It was in the back of your mind before. If you walk through an area, say like an airport, where you have a bunch of exposed steel, it's incredible the amount of fireproofing that, right. that's used. You can kind of expect all of it is all fireproof. It. Yeah. And when you look at things and it looks like that fluffy insulation kind of stuff on the floor deck, on the ceiling deck above you, that's fireproofing. Mm-hmm. If you look at the column and it looks like the column's a big concrete column, that's probably fireproofing too. Yeah. And it's probably not concrete that the column's made out of. Yeah. If you see a column and... It's painted. It may just look like, oh, there's a thick coat of interior paint on there. There's a pretty good chance that it's actually fireproofed. And there may be up to 100 mils of paint or more on there. That's a big moneymaker for a lot of people. Yeah. 
Yeah, looking for fireproofing in a building might actually be a worse problem than looking at the stamps on the rail car as they go by when I'm, <laughs> when I'm stopped there on the street. Because when you first start noticing, it's just everywhere. You're buying groceries and you're like, oh, look at that cementitious fireproofing that I got up there. It's truly a curse. It's yeah. truly a curse. <laughs> it really is. Let's talk just briefly, and then I think we're going to wrap up for the, the afternoon. But what would drive somebody to a cementitious versus an intimessa? Sure. The first one is cost. Intimescent materials are paint materials. They're going to be more expensive, where uh, cementitious materials generally are, are just going to be lower cost material. Uh, they are generally bagged dry products that are mixed with water. So low cost, you could use cementitious. It could also be if an area is, say, in a commercial building out of view, there may not really be a reason to, to go with the extra aesthetics you get from an intimescent. Say this is an industrial area. Again, cost is a big issue there, and it can also be a little easier to apply. There's there's fewer restrictions on type of the environment you could apply it in or, or steps since it's not a paint material. As you guys have covered, yeah. paint can be a very complicated topic. Sure. Yeah. Um, and cementitious, there are a variety of different types. That's a whole different animal, but the big difference is going to be cost between the two. And as you listen to the commercial in this episode, uh, there's been some major advances in the cementitious world lately with the introduction of our new Pyrocrete 341. It's, it's extremely durable. You're not going to have as much damage when you ship from your shop to the nope. site. Uh, you're going to be able to ship it significantly faster than you did before. So you're shipping it at four days instead of seven days or erecting at four days instead of seven days. So... We have lots of things to go there with that 341 and some new advantages. Uh, we've talked briefly about the how we go about figuring out which fireproofing that you need. So you know how to get a hold of us, Paul. How do they get a hold of us for any of their fireproofing or coating needs? Yeah, technical service at carboline.com. You can get in touch with any of us. You can get Chris is on that line. You can also reach us on any of our phone numbers for Carboline. And for a document like this, we've been kind of going off of a guide that we have Kind of loosely, we've always called it a fireproofing checklist. You know, that is what we use. Our salesmen, it's available to our salesmen. They'll frequently be running through this at the same time. And if you're a customer just looking for this kind of an idea, um, talk to your salesman and they can get you a copy of this as well. Yep. All right. So Paul and Chris, I'm Jack. Chris, thank you again for coming in. No problem, guys. I enjoyed it. All right. We'll see you next week. And so for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And... We'd, We'd like, like to, to thank, thank you, you for your support. Who put the line in Carbaline? Who put the line in Carbaline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carbaline.